Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust issues. <laughs> Yo, it's trust issues brought to you by the Hermie Podcast. It's Dez. It is Monday, uh, November the 21st. It is about 4 o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast of the United States. Yo, I have a hard stop, as we would say in the alleged day job world, right? I got a hard stop. 4 o'clock, I got to go. Um, it's a little bit before 4 right now. So um, I got about 20 minutes. So we're just going to go ahead and get into it. I don't have a lot of notes um, because a lot of the notes I feel like are going to be redundant. Um, or that's how I was feeling as I was watching the game. I just kept on kind of writing down the same stuff over and over again. Um, but shoot, this is trust issues. What are we on? 32, 33. What number are we on? Let me, uh, let me check the pod real quick. We're on, uh, number 32. Yeah. So trust issues 32. This is following, uh, an absolutely ugly, cold, Excessively dark game against the Panthers, thirteen to three at home. Uh, the Ravens get the victory yesterday. Moved to seven and three on the season. Um, only touchdown in the game. Lamar ran it in from a yard away and stood over somebody, which I love. But let's just go ahead and get into the notes, which I didn't even start taking until a little bit into the game. Queen is playing his best ever. Roquan and him is a special tandem. Lamar and Oliver, Lamar had Oliver butt naked for a touchdown, but he threw a pick to the nose guard instead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyle Hamilton was the best player on the Ravens defense at times. or uh, Kyle Hamilton, best player on the Ravens defense at times. No offensive rhythm. And then later in the, in the game, never any rhythm on offense. Just hope that Lamar can do something special. Uh, penalties, missed screen to Drake. Then let the best rusher come free, crush Lamar, and and break Ronnie Stanley's leg. Yeah, bad sequence there. Um, Odafe still has no pass rush. Andrews and Demarcus Robinson having great games. D. Rob looks like a steal. Uh, back to the pump draw for our successful runs. Twelve minutes into the fourth quarter, Panthers only have four plays in our territory. We only have twenty-one plays in theirs. A uh, great play on the Peter Strip. Was worried that he was going to be the reason we didn't or we gave up the lead. Uh, Kenyon Drake pump draw was a perfect call. That was the one uh, at the end of the fourth quarter when it was a, the first play of the drive, wasn't it, where he, drove, he got the pump draw and he ran down the left side all the way down. Uh, what else? Great pass rush from Calais all, all day. Um, Marlowe third down blitz. Uh, great call. I didn't think he was blitzing, and I called out during the game. Ooh, Marlowe on the slot right here. Interesting. Didn't he blitz? Didn't he didn't make? He didn't finish the sack. He got the first touch on Baker. Baker um, spun out of. They might give him credit for a half, but it was really a Calais sack. Um, holding on, Prochet took away the Lamar run down to the three on first down after the strip. Um, so many plays this year that have been called back on both sides of the ball. Chuck had two penalties that erased third down stops today. P.I. in a face mask. Marlowe pick. Told you when Marlowe was close to the line and coming downhill, he is elite. So, listen. You know, yesterday was one of those tough games, again, as a Ravens fan. Not tough because it's so physical or so whatever, but tough because you just are – Desperately trying to figure out why the team can't break out. You know, it's a uh, 
it's frustrating because you know that they have everybody they need. You know, the receiver that they picked up off the street during training camp goes for, you know, one of the better days that a receiver has had for the Ravens in a long time. Um, Possibly all season. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was unfortunate that we didn't get some touchdowns going early. I mean, you got to give Panthers credit. Uh, the front was really, really impressive. And um, it, it draws some concerns again about the offensive line that hadn't been there since Ronnie Stanley came back. Um, one comment that I will make before anything is that it looks like my dog, and I love this dude. Um, he and I, he, he's been one of the few Ravens players who I've talked to on Twitter all the time uh, over the years. But Pat Ricard, uh, Pat Ricard looks like he was eating dessert every day during um, during the bye week. <laughs> Uh, I know that he had one of those jerseys that has the hand warmers built into it, but nah, I'm talking face, neck, and arms like he was puffy yesterday. Um, And, you know, the very first drive where we try to throw the wheel route to him, bounces right off his fingertips, perfect ball from Lamar. You know, these are the the games, guys. You know, these are the plays. These are the ones where it's like we win, but, um, you know, we don't fire at all cylinders. And those are the plays that I think – um, give other teams the green light to disrespect you with their play calling. You know, a la the, the Dolphins last year with the full house blitz for a whole game, and we couldn't do anything about it. You know, it takes you back to the Joe days. It takes you back to a lot of day, a lot of errors of our team where it's like we don't show that we can beat stuff enough that any team should stop doing it. You know what I mean? Like there's a there's a difference between – Excuse me. There's a difference between um, having a having a, a a team scheme against your your bread and butter, and you know they stop it a couple of times, right? There's a difference between that and yo. No matter how you try to do what you do best, you can't today. And our defense, unlike our offense, has been much better over the last three or four games much better at taking away what the other team does best and actually rushing the passer. Where we really become dangerous is when our offense becomes reliable again. I commented a couple of weeks ago that we have to stop wasting early stops by the defense. You know, this was the, the formula for all of those years of C.J. Mosley and Eric Weddle-led defenses why I never truly blamed them for collapses like the Bengals fourth and 19 or the Chiefs and, you know, fourth and 38 or whatever it was when Tyreek Hill caught, you know, the Steelers game and uh, on Christmas, like all of the games that we can remember that we blew a lead, that we our defense couldn't get a stop, and we therefore did not make the playoffs. I always blamed the fact that we didn't make the playoffs and that we didn't get stops in those games on our offense more than our defense because in every single one of those games, right? The only reason why it's a game winning drive is because the defense has kept you in the game for the entire game. And almost every single one of those games, you can remember defense. How, what was the formula? 
the defense would come out with crazy energy, with with great effort, and they would get like three, four, three, four uh, stops to get the game started. You know, three and out, three and out, turnover. You know, long drive, but then force a field goal or something like that. Right? The Ravens had a lot of bend but don't break defenses interspersed with a lot of borderline dominant defenses that I thought ran out of gas because so many times Joe Flacco will come out, first play, one-yard run, second play, false start, third play on, you know, second and in, in, in 14, two-yard dump off or incomplete pass. Now it's third and 14. Now we're putting the ball back to him. Now the defense has only been off the field for two minutes of real time. And they're right back out there. You know, that's what made the 2019 defense so much better than it actually was, right? They were getting, it was to the point where the defense was barely playing in some games. <laughs> but they were, they, it, was, it showed because they were giving max effort on every rep because they knew that they were about to be right back off the field. So, you know, now we're starting to regress on offense. Um, in a time where our defense is actually playing better than it's played in some seasons now, right? Like the defense at this very moment is playing at, at as high a level as it has in a long time. They'll give up a long run here or there, but a long run to this defense is under 20 yards most of the time. A long pass play happens. We get carved up in that 10, 10 to 20 yard mid range. You know, with Peters and um, and Chuck on that side, just not covering anything ever anymore. <laughs> uh, that was purposeful hyperbole. Um, you know, I think that the, you know, one of the things that we have to figure out as as a team, right, is what is holding Lamar back from putting it all together every game, every drive, right? When you watch the Chiefs during their run, the Chiefs' run has been so special because they've had so many come-from-behind victories, <laughs> right? They've had so many, uh, up, uh, you know, games that they started slow, down damn near, if not more than 20 points. And then they start figuring stuff out, and Mahomes becomes unstoppable. I was just watching the game last night with him in, against the uh, Chargers. The Chargers were in control for pretty much the entire game, but it was never by more than a touchdown or maybe 10 points. I walked away from the TV. I come back. There's a minute 40 left. Mahomes has the ball. I was like, well, the Chiefs are going to win. <laughs> and my wife and I, we about to go to bed, and it was just like you know, coming back inside from the – you know, the bedtime cigarette, and it was just like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to see Mahomes win this real quick. And she was like, dang, you know, all right. You know, after already having watched football all day, I was like, but you know, let's just watch this last part. You know, we came this far type shit, right? You know, Mahomes just marches down the field, just making perfect play after perfect play. And not just the play, it's just the decisions. You know, the command of the game is what I'm missing from Lamar. The feel for the game is clearly there or else he wouldn't be able to make the plays that he makes. But think back to the Colts game last year when uh, Michael Pittman 
Jr., Mosses, Anthony Averett coming out of halftime. It wasn't like the second, third play after the half. And we're down at that point. It felt like we were down by like 30 points just off of momentum. <laughs> right? Calais blocks the field goal to end that game, right? But but I'm just saying, you know, that the way that Lamar, Andrews, and Hollywood were playing during that comeback effort in that whole second half. I think Lamar finished that game with 450 yards damn near. But it was the command that he had when he was dropping back to throw. And he knew where he wanted to go with the football, and he wasn't hesitating, and it was anything like that. This is where, in my midseason review, I gave Greg Roman so much credit because more often than I'm happy to report, y'all, um, we're watching replays of unsuccessful plays on our offense, and I'm watching Lamar stand there, pat the ball, dance around, do whatever, while somebody is running wide open, and he doesn't throw the ball. And then he'll scramble a little bit, and then he'll maybe throw that same person the ball who's wide open. This happened to Bateman this year against the Browns. You know, Bateman was open off his immediate cut, but Lamar doesn't throw it to him until the second window. And he Bateman was still able to make a make a, a guy miss and get another six, seven yards. But if he hits him on that first one, you know, Lamar or uh, Bateman has a chance to split the middle of the defense and go. You know. So this is this is one of those things where, you know, he he made a he made an anticipation throw to Andrews on on a um it was the first play after a first down, I believe. Andrews was by himself on the left side of the field and he ran like a, a corner slash out type route and Lamar threw it. <clears throat> he threw it a little bit upfield and set it to the sideline. Andrews broke it off. That's why I said I didn't know if it was a corner or out because Andrews broke it off kind of flat. Lamar threw it like he was going to be running, you know, throwing him upfield. And it's funny because just earlier in the game, one of the commentators who I had to turn off, I hate Fox so much. The broadcast teams are so fucking lame, yo. But at one point they were like, yeah, Lamar and, and Andrews have, they just have a, a connection. They just understand each other. It was the first drive. So it's, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, I don't, I, I don't watch all the Chiefs games. And we have to, you know, you know that because the Chiefs always come back on all of these teams, that it's not like they can't be beaten. They can't be touched, right? That's not the case for them. The difference is is when they get in their bag, which is at some point pretty much every game, they can't be stopped. From a play-calling standpoint, the other team is completely lost. They're just trying shit and hoping one of their guys can luck into a play. And that has, has happened a couple of times so far this season, the Tampa Bay game, the New Orleans game, the Jets game the early portions of the Dolphins game, you know, where our offense, where we were dictating, right? We were doing whatever we wanted. And, you know, it's just, frankly, unfortunately, this season coming down too often to Lamar, you got to make that throw, bro. Lamar, I need that throw. And he, he knows, you know, again, he, he reacts harder than any of us. He cares more than all of us. <laughs> Lamar does, I'm sure. Um, but that's just, it's just, I wish that that wasn't what we were saying right now. Um, 
He's so supremely talented. And I just, you know, I don't know why he gives up on his training so often. Um, the plays that he hesitates on is, to me, a reflection of, yo, know, you're giving up on all the preparation you've done. <laughs> you know, you're waiting to make that throw. Throw it in that window, man, and just see what happens. You know, you've studied this, haven't you? You have to, or else you can't be this good. So it's just, I don't know. That's the piece of it that I need to see a little bit of uh, an update for my own peace of mind. But, you know, guys were dropping some passes yesterday. I know Prochet had one that he could have caught. You know, it would have been a tough catch, but he still could have caught it. There's another one with Lamar. Get that ball up, you know. I don't know, man. Um, Just hoping that as, you know, as Gus comes back, as J.K. comes back, which I have to imagine is soon, um, we should have a at least a few different elements in the offense. But you know, if they're if teams are going to be able to destroy our front like they did yesterday, um, you know, I don't really know what we're going to say. And honestly, you know, I think one of the the tough things. I mean, obviously, yesterday you have Stanley and Hamilton go down um, on like back to back drives. It was like two out of three drives. It happened, some shit like that. But, you know, Hamilton, I think, saw the um, the risk of having Roquan or a tackler like that on your team of a guy who throws their body around because uh, that's how Hamilton gets hurt. He's making all things considered the right play. Um, he's, he's doing his run fit. They, they, they cut it inside of him. Hamilton um, – he ends up kind of turning to try to make a play or at least hold his, his position. Roquan comes crashing in, trying to go for a tackle attempt, and he just, you know, kind of dives in and, and inadvertently takes out Hamilton by the back of the leg. Hamilton immediately goes down and reaches for his knee. Um, couldn't tell if it was a knee or a hamstring or what, but it looked like a knee. I was worried that he got his ACL torn. Um, I, you know, it's one of those deals where they were like, oh, well, he was seen walking around in the locker room, and I'm like, yeah, I've seen a lot of guys walk with a torn ACL. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want that to be the indicator, and the Ravens are um, consistently elusive with injury information, so who knows, but just a fucking bummer. And then Stanley, you know, that one was rough. Um, And this is one where I'm also looking at number eight. Number eight, you got a rookie center. You're the one who knows the plays, number eight. You come to that line, and you know you don't have a back in the backfield. You don't have Ricard chipping. You don't have Andrew. You don't have anybody. You don't have Likely doing his little uh, jet motion into the chip. You have no help blocking. You see that they have an overload to that side you snap the ball and you're looking left the entire play and here comes this guy free I'm not mad at Morgan Moses every single lineman is every, you know especially every tackle was taught that you block the closest guy to the to the quarterback who's the inside most guy so if there's a guy lined up over top of you or inside of you 
you block from the inside out. So you let that guy go free. It just so happened that they let, you know, one of the best, if not the best and most explosive edge guy in the whole league, freaking as far as an athlete, <laughs> freaking, you know, get around the edge and, and put a hit on Lamar completely un- unobstructed. So this is where I'm looking at Lamar like Lamar, you know, you got to help yourself a little bit there too. You know, and and recognizing some shit. Um and it's just it's just, it's just an absolute shame that, you know, when it, when he went down and the in the force that I saw hit his leg, I thought Stanley's leg was broke broke. I thought it was broken again in the same exact spot. In the same exact way. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. This is one of those moments where I worry for Ronnie Stanley. I don't know Ronnie Stanley. And I don't mean to put this on him in any shitty way. But I just know that after you get hurt a few times like that and you've had surgeries and stuff like that, it can make you a bit skittish in the future about putting yourself in that situation again. And what I hope doesn't end up happening is that Ronnie Stanley can't ever fully commit to playing football the way he can um, because he can't ever shake the trauma of those injuries, you know. And knowing that anytime he does a good pass set, there's a chance that somebody's going to crash into his leg even when he's doing the right thing um, and, and put him back in that same spot again where he has to go through all that rehab and all of that pain and all of that you know, frustration and can't take a good shower and all of the stuff that comes with being in a cast because your leg is broke. Um, I hope that this doesn't incentivize Ronnie Stanley to just say, listen, I didn't want to go out like that. I didn't want to go out off an injury, but I don't want I don't want to put my body at risk of having to go through this ever again. It was a good ride. I was a multiple time all pro, but injuries have have made it so that I just don't even want to play anymore. Yes, I'm walking away from $65 million. Bitch, I already got 40. I'm fine. Like, I hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> I genuinely hope that that does not happen. But I'm worried that that's going to happen. Um, it's a rough sport, but, you know, when lightning is striking twice and shit like that, you know, you just worry that, as a, you selfishly worry as a fan, right, that one of your great players is going to, He's going to call a quiz. It's going to end up being the opposite of the Dennis Pitta situation, right? Where we were all like, Dennis, pl- please, please just stop. Dennis, don't do this again. Don't make us see you have to go through that again. When we saw how you freaking did that somersault against the, the Texans when your freaking hip popped out again, I, we can't go through that again. Like, I can't, I can't experience that again. Just stop playing, please, right? <laughs> Not like that with Stanley because he's still, you know what I'm saying? We like Stanley. Nah, we need you, Doug. <laughs> so I don't know, man. But like I said, quick trust issues. I'm pretty much just at my time that I had this week. But, you know, man, this wasn't really shit to talk about in the game. That's not going to be just like – I think I think the, the offense that we saw was closer to the offense that we saw when we weren't winning um, – I don't know. Has this? Have we scored thirty at all this year against anybody except the Dolphins? Um, and even with that, one of those scores was a kick return touchdown. Like, has the offense scored thirty points once this season? I don't think it has. 
And that's a fucking problem. Um. Anyway, man, yeah, I want to see us do a little bit more defense. I'm I'm loving the progression. The pass rush did slow down a little bit in the game against the Panthers. Um, it did slow down a little bit here and there. The Vikings, not the Vikings, the the Panthers. I think they they had a nice little play action mix with us. Um, they had some receivers who were getting open, making some nice catches, but you know, I, I don't think there's anybody to, to really say it was bad yesterday, except maybe Chuck. Chuck was pretty bad. Shout out Brandon Stevens. Uh, he came in and played pretty well. Um, replacing Kyle Hamilton. He broke up that pass down by the goal line. Um, he had to lay out for it. And Stevens actually, he broke up another one where, they went to the ground and and he uh he like kind of played through the ball as they were falling down and made the dude drop the pass. So, you know, nothing nothing tremendously negative to say about him. I think that the team and you know they just need to make that next step of um you know, make that next step of you know our focus is on being perfect at all times, you know, and, and having it less be um. Man, hopefully we can get it done on this next drive because that's what it feels like as a fan watching. Like they're just hoping that they can be successful. And then when they finally start rolling, it's not until too late in the game for them to actually have put together four good quarters. So what I will say is that they had a very unusual schedule with the Thursday game, then the Monday game, then the bye so, you know, with us going down the stretch with the Jaguars and the Falcons and the Steelers and the fucking Bengals and the Browns again, like we should be able to win enough games that if it comes down to it, at least one of those games has to come through Baltimore in January. If we have this defense and we have this quarterback, even with the injured guys, even if we only have the guys who we have, we have no excuse to not dominate the rest of the AFC North and completely win out for the rest of the way. There's no excuse. Unless number eight gets hurt. There's no excuse. All right. At you heard me dog, at you heard me DAWG, which I think I forgot to say in the beginning. Patreon.com slash YHMP, which I know I forgot to say in the beginning. Appreciate y'all for listening, man. Fuck with me and make sure you listen to the Urban Podcast. As soon as you've done this.